Welcome back, my friends, to the In Obscuria podcast, a podcast where we exhume obscure rock and punk and metal, and we put them in one of three categories, the lost, the forgotten, or the should-have-beens. My name in dog whistle is... Kevin Williams and Ronnie James Dio Jesus left the room. He does not like that. He didn't like my that. vicious guard dog that'll just tear you limb to limb if you make a noise that sounds like a very soothing flute. He's mm-hmm. like, oh no, fuck that. I'm out. He would. Look, he came back in just <laughs> giving you a dirty look again. Ooh. He's like, don't do that. Don't do it. fear don't anyone. Don't do it. Don't. Oh. Yeah, there you go. A little aquiline. <laughs> yeah, he's not a Jethro Tull fan at all. That's what it is. He's, he's like, looking, don't play that rock and roll He's going to be like, I'm going to eat your ass, Sam Fear. As soon as you turn your back, I'm going to bite your ass. <laughs> <laughs> he really does not like it. He's <laughs> back in. All right. Well, that over there, anyway, that's Robert Harrison. Hello. Sorry. We're just having fun. Yeah, no reason. I'm just blowing on a red stripe. <laughs> yeah, we're usually drinking out of a can, so this is a, a step up for us. Yeah. We're getting classy in here. Drink a little more and the pitch will go down. Yeah. Well, that's true. Gurgle, 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 gurgle. <laughs> C minus. Yep, C minus. <laughs> oh, sorry. That sounds like theorist. I was thinking of high school. Sorry. Music theorist. <laughs> I got away with not having to learn that at all. I faked my way through I faked my like, way high through. school band and then got into college and was taking guitar lessons, got a minor in classical guitar. And I remember the day I got busted by my guitar teacher because I was watching him play it and then I would play... Play him by like, ear. Yeah, play by yeah. ear. And I wouldn't get any credit for that. He would get mad. He finally... he. You know, I, he figured out that I would say, you know, how would you play this piece, <laughs> you, Mr. Professional Guitar Player? I here. really enjoy watching yeah. you play. I just butter him up like that. And he would. He would play it half the time. And I would just watch him. And then he's like, okay, you play it. And then the last time he started to play and went, wait a minute. <laughs> he just caught on. I'm like, oh, crap. Harrison. Yeah, that's that was my last guitar class. Go figure. That's a shit passing in the night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't have to worry about D. I'll, I'll stop doing that. It yeah. probably sounds like shit on the microphone. So I Oh, I didn't think about that. Screw the listeners. Sorry. Yeah, we're, we're here for we're us. We're having fun. Yeah. Little red stop, red stop. Red stripe blowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Robert, yes. it's been a while since we've gotten together. What has yes. been going on with you? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. I drove an hour to deliver a 78-year-old fire truck axle to a place that rebuilds those types of things. So third episode, third mention of the axle. Yeah, because it's, it's going to be a long-term. It's the story of the axle. Yeah, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm fixing things around the house. I, I didn't, I was just talking about this. I didn't do a whole lot for me the first six months of this year. It felt like I was just, I don't know, wanting to chill. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I got some stuff done, but it wasn't my normal pace. Then all of a sudden, about three weeks ago, it was like, you know what? There's a lot of stuff around here to get taken care of. So well, I'm they, glad you waited until it's 100 degrees yeah. outside Well, to I, get I did that. I, I posted a picture on Facebook that I went out and dug a ditch. Three o'clock in the afternoon is when it hit me. I'm like, mm, I, I need a ditch over here. I've got a drainage problem uh-huh. and a swamp. It's actual swamp off to the side of the firehouse. Dug a ditch. Very rewarding. I was tired. I felt good. I was like, yeah, people pay for this. They pay for mm-hmm. CrossFit mm-hmm. and moving things and lifting things. I'm like, no, I just dug a ditch. So I did that. I'm fixing a chair next to me. I'm fixing the fire truck that's Just hang a CrossFit broken. sign on the firehouse yeah. and invite people over. I'm in They'll my do your element. shit for you. I'm telling you, man, wintertime sucks. I can barely make it through the frozen Arctic tundra crap that we have to deal with here in Atlanta, Georgia. And it's miserable. 40, 30 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gets down to like 30. Almost it's, freezing. It's horrible. Mm. But when it's 98 degrees, 
degrees and 90% humidity, I'm the one that goes, yeah, it's a good time to get out and do some yard work. <laughs> I think it was two years ago, I, I sodded a front yard of a house by myself, like four pallets aside. Just, man, I'm going to do it myself, not you know pay what? somebody. I just did that, but I paid somebody yeah, to you do paid it. Somebody. It felt great. You were sweating. I was when inside. You're that, when you're writing that check, I bet you're sweating though. Oh, I was like, inside. Oh, geez, that's I expensive. Was, I was watching them like, man, it looks hot out there. It is. It is. But once again, I'm, I'm built for that. And so, I, you know, it's not great, but it's not the misery that most people make it out to be. It's just, you got to drink a lot of water and appreciate the shade once in a while. I disagree. And we'll go into that in a few <laughs> minutes. But um, I just, we recorded early last week because I had a little work event I had to go to outside of our oh. state into your home state. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. But I just need to know, do I need to hit a button? Because it's been a while. Have you, have you done any crazy uh, I think- chefing? I, th- I would say yes. Oh my God. It's because this is a very special version of the Garden of Eden. And I'll mm. tell you why in just a second. I bet you will. Oh, That's yeah. right, Musketeers. Mm-hmm. It's time to get your rub on with the yeah. chef that can give it to your funky style. Garden of Eden. This is a special version of this because this is actually inspired by the actual Garden of Eden. Most of the time it's just crap that I make up out of nowhere, but this was inspired by the Garden of Eden. I was walking through my garden yesterday and there were some plants that came up on their own. I didn't plant them. They were obviously coming up from last year's garden. Oh, I was going to say, we call those weeds where I'm Yeah, from. no, but these are uh, volunteers. They just, oh, volunteer. okay. they, they just come up again, so I let them grow and I kind of I thought they were squash plants. So I kept my eyes out for squash. I hadn't seen these yellow squash lately. And I kind of looked a little closer and son of a bitch, these were cucumbers. Hmm. Dark green, the same color as the leaves. And I started looking in the plant. There's like 12 cucumbers that I had not seen growing. So I picked all of those yesterday and thought, well, guess what I'm eating for the next week and a half is deep fried cucumbers, deep fried pickles, cucumber (laughs) salad, blah, blah, blah. So I'm put the word out today and people were sending me cucumber recipes. And so I attempted to make what they call quick pickles, but they don't really sit for very long. And I failed. It was horrible. So I, I <laughs> it was bad. It was just like drinking straight vinegar. Ooh. Uh, you're supposed to dilute that with some water. Apparently I didn't. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So uh, anyway, I had a cucumber salad. Never thought I'd say that. I had a whole bowl of cucumber salad, and it was amazing. It was Japanese. Excuse me. Japanese cucumber salad. Ja- ja- for yeah, our had, Japanese had sesame seeds on it. That's what you did? You put sesame seeds? Yeah, well, I made the cucumber salad, and you put some vinegars, you okay. know, salt and pepper and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if you sprinkle some sesame seeds, you Sake? Can, yeah. Put some uh, sake oh, in it. See, that would have been Japanese. Oh, can you get that at Publix? You can. Really? Get the Taiku. It's really good. Uh, well, I'm black, big black bottle, kind of triangular. I'm going to go get, because that sounds awesome. This time of year, nice cold cucumbers soaked in sake. Nice cold sake, too. Make sure it's really, really cold. Oh, chill at first. Chill it. I, t- I am not experienced with sake. I've, I'm t- that's one of the things that I've avoided my entire life. Mm. I've, I've tried it warm when we Ooh, had sushi. See, I, a lot I of people do that it. at the sushi bars yeah. around here. I don't care for that. I, I want my sake cold. I think I'm the same. Cold okay. sake. I'm going to try so one more. I'll give another try. But yeah, so I, I've got cucumbers for the next two weeks. You're going to go home with a couple. 
So don't leave without some of those because I, I need to give these away. I'm not going to okay. be able to eat all these. All right. So yeah, I'm very. Are happy you giving me your efforts. shitty pickles, or you just give me the cucumbers? No, these are the unmolested ones. Okay. No, right. I, I'm. I, I don't want your shitty pickles. The shitty pickles have been disposed of in the garbage disposal. I had two people eat them and just look at me like, <laughs> "What the hell did you do?" I'm like, "Oh, I don't know what they're supposed to taste like." I'm sorry. Come taste Robert's shitty pickles. They're shitty pickles. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I got for you this week, and I'm very happy that it came from the actual garden that I didn't even have to plant. That's the most amazing thing. They just grew on their own. Of course, we planted them last year, but it's like, it's just free food. It's great. Who knew? Who knew they'd come back? You know what? I had that and some other food an hour and a half ago, and I'm starving to death. (laughs) Healthy eating sucks. Well, maybe we'll have a little, you know, a little episode here where you actually cook while we're doing the podcast. That would be kind of fun. We got to do that one time. I I think I've told the story about down in Tallahassee where I went to school. There was a local band that would make gumbo while the band played, and they would sing a song about each ingredient as it went into the gumbo and this giant pot right in front of the stage. What kind of music was it? It was just kind of Zydeco, okay. rockabilly Zydeco. That makes sense. Uh, you know, a little bit of that. It wasn't kind of like, Cajun. A little Cajun-y, but kind of, you know, just funny songs and things like that. And everybody in the audience would just get hungrier and hmm. hungrier. And at the end of the show, everybody would line up with a bowl. And we should do like a gumbo. metal version of that. Yeah, okay. What food would go with heavy metal know. cooking? I don't know. We'll come up with well, something. Well, deep fried, obviously, because it's, it's painful to do that right. most of the time. So. It could just be a like carnival Carnival food. food. All right. Well, let's let's think about that. We do a whole show while upstairs. We'll move the equipment upstairs into the kitchen. Oh, I like it. All right. Well, after you enjoy a corn dog from Robert's Garden of Eden, go listen to Pot of Thunder, Cobras and Fire, Growing Up Rock, Slamfest Podcast, Decibel Geek, A to Z Radio, Metal Up Your Podcast, The Hustle. Disciples of the Watch, Podcast Rock City, Sean Geek and Fast Fret Podcast, State of America, Rock Strikes 10, Ron Keel Podcast, Potter Than Hell, The Kiss Room, Ages of Rock, Retro Zest Podcast, The Synaptic Empire, and Doomed! Forget about Monty. Hey, 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 it's Monty. Monty's Rockcast. Come visit us at inobscuria.com. Like us, share us, recommend us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, leave us a review, go to Redbubble, buy some swag with our logo on it, and that's it. That was just very efficient. Wrapped mm-hmm. it all up with a bow. That's how we do here. So, Robert, I mentioned last week we recorded early. We recorded, I believe it was Monday, Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a while since we've gotten together. On Tuesday, I took a little plane ride to your home state. Which part of it? There's. Well, it's, I went it's to a big state. It is a big state. I went to Florida. I went to Orlando, Florida. Well, that's kind of in the yeah. It's right in the middle. Right it's in the middle. Not redneck. It's not you know. Yeah. So I had a little work event. You know, team, South team, New Jersey team building kind of stuff. You know, where you get together with people from all over the country that you haven't seen in a long time. Or do you like zip lines and maybe there's. Yeah, Things like that. You got to do build teamwork. Exactly. You got to have your team building yeah. activity, I oh, guess you would call God, it. Where I'm you, so you know, glad I'd never you had to, to do that. Earn trust yeah. and build trust and all that kind of stuff. So, what we did was we went to one of these theme parks. I'm not going to mention which one. And we just went to one of these theme parks. There's like, I don't know. Did it have rodents? There's like 15 in Orlando, I yeah. think, theme parks. The theme park with rodents or fish? Oh, no. We didn't go to that one. Okay. Didn't go to either one of those. Yeah, okay. No, no. This was another one. But we went to this place. And it was June. Robert's June. Did you know it was June? A little steamy down there? My God. Man. Yeah. I, it was like you step outside and you start melting. Mm-hmm. And theme parks are typically packed all concrete and, and packed with people. Sweaty people. And people that are eating nasty food and have lots of that issues. Maybe, maybe forgot to pack their deodorant that uh, morning. Yeah, there's lots of uh-huh. hygiene issues. Oh, yeah. Bringing back memories. So this this happened last year. 
this happened last year and I, I mentioned I went to Six Flags with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And so we did a similar episode last year and it happened again. It was a whole different level of funk and growth, bacterial growth mm-hmm. in the theme park. And I, I, again, I couldn't write anything because of my neck issue. So oh, man. the team building was not so team building for me because I'm like, go guys, do it. I'll be right here baking would, in the sun. Would because you wait I can't in line with it. them or would you just exit out? As no, I just stand at the exit and wait until they were done. So you didn't even hang out with them while mm, they're waiting? Nope, nope, not at all. So you got like 20 minutes with your team total. Probably. Yeah, built a lot of trust. Yeah. Yeah, no, not not really. But while I was did, sitting there, do they serve alcohol in this particular? They did oh, serve okay. alcohol. Okay. I, I did enjoy uh, a few beverages. Of okay, course, good. as soon as you open said beverage, like half of it evaporates. Yeah. But you know, at least I got some of it. There were smells from people <laughs> and my surroundings that I, I don't know what they were. Like I couldn't describe the smells I was smelling and mm. some of the sights I saw. I didn't know people would really go out of their house in certain outfits, but they oh, did. Oh, that's people watching. Extraordinary. They did. Absolutely. I, it was kind of gross. It was a gross day. Yeah. Just all over. It was. I felt gross. It smelled gross. It, it, the visuals, some yeah. of them were pretty gross. Some visuals were nice, I will say. Yeah, there, you know, there balance were it out there. once in a while. But I figured, once again, this happened last year, and, and once again, this was a message from beyond. So I was experiencing true grunge. It was just nasty. Armpit grunge. Yeah, everything grunge. So we are once again going to do this. Episode 186, Under the Grunge, part five. You just scrape it off your arms oh, with a credit yeah. card. It's so bad. Nasty. I bet most people had no idea that other than the big four, how could we possibly get five episodes of grunge artists and the, not repeat a single yeah, one? Yeah, the math doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's normal for me. Right. Yes, we've covered grunge in episode 28, 72, 124, 143, and now 186. And if you don't know, most people only know the big big four, but grunge people, you know, it's the Seattle sound. That's another way to describe it. But it was that music that came in, that subculture that came in in the early 90s and mm-hmm. sort of kicked everything else that was going on pop music-wise in the ass. And you and I were of the age where we really enjoyed it. Yes, it we was, did. It was a nice ride. I was ready for a change. Yeah. I think you were. We've, was, we've talked yeah. about that on those episodes. Yeah, and, I just enjoyed it because, yeah. again, we've said it in the other episodes, but I was... I loved punk, I loved metal, I loved everything in between, and basically grunge was like, eh, we're just going to do all of that, mm-hmm. and we're going to kick everything in the ass. And that's what they did. Yep. Great stuff. You, most people know Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, Mother Love Bone, even the non-Seattle stuff like STP mm-hmm. and Bush, Sonic Youth, even the Australian Silver Chair, lots of flannel, Yeah. lots of, uh, you know, of the time... Uh, what would you call it? Fashion with the Doc well, Martens. And I, I kind of skipped that part because once shit. again, I was in Florida, so the right. the flannel and the right. Doc Martens kind of got. But that's skipped what people over. know yeah. when you say but grunge. Jeans that's what and people a, a grungy think T-shirt. Of. Yes, yeah. that was. I signed up for that. But exactly. We came at it from slightly different standpoints. You said you are appreciated or loved punk and metal. I didn't know much about punk at the time. Still, I, I was twenty ish, twenty one when it came out, and I had never really listened to punk other than maybe one Sex Pistols song, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Grunge made me appreciate punk and then like it after that it, it took a while because i kind of made fun of and if grunge. you only knew sex pistols you didn't really know american punk because right, that's right. kind of what that's grunge what came from. punk was yeah i thought it kind of came and went not knowing it was out there it, i just wasn't hearing it on the radio right and so right. then grunge brought it back around where you heard that again yep so let's get into it we have seven songs again seven grunge ish bands maybe they're, they're not all from seattle is that the name of the episode grungish grungish yes these are 
grunge according to kevin bands that we have not played yet let's get into it now we have played the very first band we've played them once but the caveat here is we played them in episode 15 and if you remember what was episode 15 it was on the uh the very obscure genre yeah called yeah. no it was something smells funky that's what i said Yes, it was a Something Smells Funky episode. Oh, so this is a band that... It goes hand that, in hand with this one then. Yeah, their first album was a true funk metal album. came out in 1991. However, by the time their second album came out, here we go, in-betweener time, grunge had happened, and... They put their second album out after they got dropped from their label, Epic Records. So prior to recording this second album, they got a member to join this band who was from Seattle. They recorded this album in Seattle at Ann Wilson's Bad Animal Studios. Mm -hmm which is where a lot of the grunge characters hung out back in the day. So I think the big four, a lot of those guys actually hung out at the Hart House, which is weird because you don't think of Hart no. as the godmothers of grunge. She could be their godmother she was, at that point. She was. Yeah. She kind of took care of a lot of those guys. So this is sort of a second tier super group in a way. Features members of MOD, Methods of Disrushing, Celtic Frost, and various other metal bands that we would probably play on this show at some point in time. Mm. It released three full lengths. The band I'm talking about is a band called Mind Funk. Mind Funk. Mind I Funk. I remember. Yeah. Well, it's been since episode 15, so yeah. that's, that's it's, okay. It's been a few years. It's been, been a while. Yeah. So their second album features the guitarist Jason Everman. And if you don't know who that guy is, he was on Nirvana's first album. He's the other guitarist. Nirvana oh. used to be a four-piece. Yeah. And they had two guitars. Jason Everman was one of them. He also was in Soundgarden for a little bit. I believe he played bass in Soundgarden for a bit. Oh. So he's got some true grunge cred. Absolutely. They got this guy on guitar and made this album with him. And then in September, the album released in 93. In September of 94, he leaves the band, joins the U.S. Army, 2nd Ranger Battalion becomes a Green Beret in the Special Forces. I, now I becomes remember the story. Becomes a badass. Yeah. That's Doesn't not, compute, really. That's not just joining the Army. Yeah. That's a whole yeah. nother level. Yeah, pretty amazing. That's the kind of guy you want to go out drinking with. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to lose that fight. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's good. So this band, Mind Funk, they only released three albums total. They split in 96, and two of their members went on to join the band Ministry, playing music that was vastly different than what they were doing. But like I said, when they got to their second album, they sort of kind of toned down the funk part even though they're called mind funk but they mm -hmm. kind of toned that down and Jason brought in his sort of grunge cred to what they were doing mm -hmm. released in 1993 it should have been gold I mean was the right time you know they recorded it in Seattle they should have been huge but it didn't happen for them so it is a great album it's called Dropped they called it that because they got dropped by Epic Records. <laughs> so, yeah. Good Kind of on the nose there. Yeah. But the album is so good that, Robert, I could not pick which song I wanted to play. So I'm going to let you pick. Got it. I want the fourth track. No, we're yeah. not doing that. I'm going to give you two <laughs> options. <laughs> Keep me reined in. The first song is called Goddess, and mm -hmm. it was the single. Okay. All right. Or the other song that I would also think we could play here is a song called Mama, Moses, and Me. So which of those, Goddess or Mama, Moses, and Me? i got to go with Goddess. I like the visual with, with that. Goddess. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, here we go. Here's a little mind funk from 1993.
headphones there on your shirt. There. Sorry right about there. that. <clears throat> you, Sorry. You, you, you got it. You're good. Okay. Uh, that, yeah, that was good. God, that was good. That just... Doesn't it just scream 1993? Scratches the right spot. It especially really that middle section where they did the... All the things. Dual so, lead and the wah-wah. The bass and the guitar playing unison riffs. That's mm. very Soundgarden With a lot me. of space. Very Soundgarden. Yeah. Very Soundgarden. I was missing the upper register on his voice. Like if there, if he had gone back and just tracked a second you know, octave up, mm-hmm. not five octaves up like Cornell, just one octave up, I think halfway through the song that would have given that us some That was punch. the missing link to me for why probably this band didn't go further is because Kurt Cobain had a very unusual voice, yeah. right? It's very unique, recognizable. Unique, unique. recognizable. Yeah. Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam. Yeah. All those guys could sing their asses off. Mm-hmm. This guy didn't really have that. But it didn't have to be pretty. No. I think Kurt Cobain, no. his voice was not melodic. It was passionate. It was it emotional. It has its own it was tragic sounding. Going it has on, its own but thing. Yeah. But this guy, if somebody sat him down like, look, it doesn't matter. Just belt it out. We'll put some effects on it, whatever. But just give him that because that song needed one more notch on the scale. It was heavy. It needed one more notch to He's, go. He sounded like what I kept thinking of. It was like Soundgarden with Corey Clark from Warrior Soul really stoned off his ass and not going crazy. Yeah, kind of chill. Corey Clark is what it reminded me of. How'd that sound, man? That was good. Okay, let's go out. Let's get some deep funk, baby. (laughs) But they threw in the funk, kind of get a little. Yeah, yeah. That was enough for like aha. There's there's some of their funk roots coming out. I loved it. I absolutely loved the album. Like I said, I couldn't pick the song. That's gonna be a fun one to go back and listen to. How many albums? they got only three ah okay we got them up here on the banner they're up there where oh that fancy font i can't read it from mm-hmm, here mm-hmm. Yeah. i'll take your word for so, it we have played them before okay now let's play a band who's actually from seattle not just one guy this whole band's from seattle this band was formed out of a uh, i guess you call it an offshoot of another band kind of weird so the remains the yeah well kind of the remains of of an offshoot band what the hell did you just say? There was a band called Brad mm-hmm. that we played. Mm-hmm. That band was a side project offshoot from Stone Gossard from Pearl Jam. Okay. Okay. When he left to go back to Pearl Jam, because it was just a side project, it, yeah. you know, they just made an album. The guys and Brad were like, oh, we should keep going, and we'll, but we have to call ourselves something else. So they formed a band called Satchel. So we're going to play Satchel. Mm. Okay. So it's like the band from the band from the band. What the hell did you just say? God, okay, I'm, I'm drawing a chart here. Okay, all right. So we played Brad on Under the Grunge Part 3. That was episode 124, if you want to go back. And like I said, it features some of the members of that band, Brad, but also some of these guys go way back. The reason that Stone put them together to begin with was they went way back to Andrew Wood. Mm. So Andrew Wood, as a lot of people know this story, was in a band called Mother Love Bone. Mm-hmm. And that is the band that gave us, with the combination of the Green River Band, yeah. that gave us Pearl Jam because Andrew Wood overdosed and died. Yep. Or else Mother Love Bone may have been the big band that never was, right? Could have been. So this guy who's in this band, Satchel, who was also in Brad, was also the drummer for Andrew Wood prior to Mother Love Bone. Yeah, because they all lived in the same house. I mean, all these <laughs> bands, like, they lived in different floors of the same house. This this is a, a weird family tree here. Yeah. So this guy, Reagan Hagar, played drums for Malfunction. Malfunction was the band that Andrew Wood was in 
prior, prior to, to Mother, Mother Love Bone. Mm-hmm. Okay. The singer, keyboardist, guitarist Sean Smith was also friends with all the guys in Green River and the guys in Malfunction. So they're all just buddies. They're all just hanging out. All yeah. these amazing musicians and you get all these different incarnations, all these different bands. This band Satchel put out four albums from 1994 to 2010. Unfortunately, Sean Smith died in 2019 due to some complications with his heart. Yet another reason that there will not be a grunge cruise. Yeah, because they're all gone. They couldn't make it past, well, most of them couldn't make it past 28. Right. But some of them... Some of them went a little bit longer. But wait a little bit longer. They're still dropping. Scott Weiland. So let's hear a little Satchel from 1994 from their first album. This is the one that came out after Brad split up and Stone goes back to Pearl Jam. They get together, they put out this album, EDC, and here's a song called Taste It.
<laughs> completely threw me off. Not I sure some, what that was all about, but hey. I had really intelligent comments waiting to go, and now I just threw that out the door. <laughs> God, that was so sludgy, grungy, just you're dragging your feet through the worst tar pit. It's just about to fall apart, but it's heavy as hell at the same time. And once if you've, you've just arrived to the planet Earth and you've never heard grunge music, that's a great example other than the big four. If you couldn't play those... That's a great example. It was heavy, just ugh, dragging it, but it's still heavy. It wasn't speed metal, faster, 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 or louder. It was just it's heavy. Not, and it's not quite doom metal no, because you don't doom. get the doominess. You just get a trudgy, yeah. grungy. But the vocals are very different than doom, too. Yeah. That, that also sets it apart with yeah. the vocals. It's, I mean, oh, I love it. I love it. I, I love it. the guitar tones on that recording yeah. and the drum. I mean, everything just sounds just like it would sound if you're in a room about the size we're in right now uh-huh. and you had a band playing. That's yeah. that's what I love about a lot of the grunge albums is it sounds exactly like you're hearing it when you're in the room doing yeah. it. And this is what drew me to this music because I was over the overproduction, hair bands, blah, 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 all the new reverb, newly, reverb and how much gloss. shit can we do to this yeah. in the studio? And you lost what it was like to be a musician. It's all about the production and the flash and everything else. And all of a sudden they focused right back on. You want to add another guitar to that? Yeah. No. <laughs> 12 <laughs> more it. tracks of this. You want tambourines, you want, you know, the shaker, whatever. I mean, I love that too, yeah. but I, there's something there's a point to be said time about for this. It, but at yeah. that point in time, I was trying to learn how to play the guitar and yeah. it was getting very unmotivated listening to Warrant or Winger, White Snake. Even I love it, but still, it was just like I'm never going to be like yeah, that. I, why am I wasting how my it time sounds practicing? When I plug in. Yeah, it didn't sound like that at all. Not even the <laughs> same country as that. But all of a sudden, you know, just grungy shit like that. I was like, oh, oh, oh. And okay. it was a for me, it was a step up from the punk rock that I had grown up with, which yeah. a lot of that was so poorly produced right. that it was like, oh, I love the aggression and where they're going with it, but man, that recording's horrible. You, you should have tracked that a second time. <laughs> right sounds there. horrible. Yeah, By the 90s, they knew how to record it and have it sound like it sounds in the room. Yeah. And yep, I it love it. Real and authentic. That's what we needed. Love it. Okay, next I'm going to go to a not-so-obscure artist, but perhaps, at least for me, it was one that had been forgotten as a grunge contender. Mm-hmm. I don't really think of this artist now in this light, but when you go back to her first couple of recordings Ooh. that my roommate used to play all the time, and I didn't get it back then. I didn't like it. I didn't get it at all. But you go back to it now, and it's like, hmm, she was going after Nirvana. She was going after Kurt Cobain's spot, and I never put that together at the time. Interesting. So this is an English singer, songwriter, musician, record producer, actress, poet, Poet and visual artist. Her name is Polly Jean Harvey. Oh. PJ Harvey. She was appointed a member of the Order of the British Empire by Queen Elizabeth II in 2013. Do you know that? Oh, she's a knight? Well, well it's it's whatever the <laughs> I don't know. What the female the version of that is, a I guess. Nidus? She's an MBE. She's a she's a knighty. She's a a knightess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's a yeah, so she has a special yeah. thing from the crown, wow. whatever that means. She gets free beer at the pubs, I bet. What it means is she's not obscure. That's no, really that's what it means. Yeah, we're, pushing, but, we're pushing our our rules here. But again, my college roommate, Joey Hall, loved her first three albums. He played them all the time. Yeah. I didn't get it at all. Well, it's just, I, I just didn't like it. As soon as I saw a photo of her, I was like, oh, I, I love her as well. <laughs> well, he, he yes. did too. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. He did too. But I, it just didn't connect with me back then in yeah. the 90s. I was listening to grunge 
Orange, but I was listening to all this other stuff as well mm-hmm. and getting into progressive stuff and just weirdo music that I like. Her first album ranked number 70 on Rolling Stone's list of 100 best debut albums of all time. It's number 151 on the NME 500 Greatest Albums of mm-hmm. All Time. 151. 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. So again, not really obscure, but... Was that the Naked is a State of Mind this album? Is, the album is dry. And I'll I'm be honest with up. you, I'd have to go back and, and look at it. I, I I think I told the story. I got this album by mistake yeah. about two weeks ago. Oh, that's right. This is the one that this, Amazon... I, I ordered Thunder Pussy by Thunder Pussy. And I didn't get Thunder Pussy. Instead, I got pj harvey which on the was, second attempt which was not thunder pussy was not thunder pussy but well i don't know what the hell did you just say maybe it was but i got pj harvey right and this is the album i got and i listened to it and i'm like damn joey used to spin this all the time i didn't get it back then yeah it came out in 1992 now i get it mm-hmm. i understand why everybody just says that this is such a great album she's released nine albums since and i think the 10th one is actually coming this year but she's been all over the place as far as what style of music she plays right. and, and who she became but when this debut album came out and I would say probably the, the next two she was really going after the same thing that Kurt Cobain was going after mm-hmm. from a writing style from a just pure passion just spewing out you know her guts into a recording I don't know what are your thoughts do, do you ever listen to PJ Harvey other than looking at her oh it was yeah <laughs> uh, holding up her poster with one hand green green wink wink nudge nudge say no more <laughs> oh boy no 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 um, i didn't know you could use your toes that I way th- <laughs> ow crap crap say no more say no more now what i mean nudge nudge uh i think it was wasn't until i moved maybe i heard her on wjrr orlando wjrr was an alternative rock music station. The first one that I'd ever heard when I lived down in Daytona. And maybe two years later, I moved to Atlanta and they had a local 99X alternative rock. I also want a large orange soda with no ice. And a, uh, Shut up. WNNX Atlanta. Go away. 99X. It's where music is going. Don't miss part two of this exciting adventure. She had a couple of songs, Heavy Rotation. That was about it. They didn't play a lot of her stuff. They didn't play a lot. And it was more of along the lines of her poppy stuff. It was like the, uh, what's the Granola Fest, the uh, Chick Festival? The Chick Festival. Yeah, what's it? Yes, that was the, uh, the Lilith. Lilith Lilith Festival. Fair. Yes. No, Lilith. Lilith Fair. Was that a Bentley? Lilith it Festival? Was Lilith. I think it was Lilith Fair. Fair. Yeah, whatever. What the hell did you just say? Lilith Fair, the concert event that qualifies as the first of its kind. There's no kidding around what good musicianship is going on here. Sarah McLaughlin. Cheryl Crow. Sean Colvin. Jewel. Meredith Brooks, Indigo Girls, Lilith Fair was a celebration of great music. It is awesome because it's all girls. Bring the most talked about concert of the summer into your living room. 
Lilith Fair on direct ticket. All the people that didn't shave their legs. <laughs> was, that, was that a prerequisite? That was it, yeah. And they checked you on the way in. I'm like, oh, okay. they let me in, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never went to one of those. No. Um, but like I said, on the radio, they played her more poppy synth stuff, which is really good. I still, I think if I'm not completely mistaken, that was one. But other than that, I'm looking forward to hearing the more Nirvana targeted music. I, cause yeah, I, so I never went back and listened to it. To me, I put her in the forgotten as a grunge artist. Because listen to this. Mm-hmm. When we come back, you tell me if I'm off base. But here's PJ Harvey. The song's Victory. The album is Dry. It came out in 1992. Connection there. I don't know if I would have 
thought about that listening to the song. There was certain elements that did remind me a little bit of a few Nirvana songs that had just it was a little it was experimental. It wasn't your traditional you know four four song the verse chorus verse chorus. It just had some weird elements to it. So I can see that overlapping with some Nirvana stuff. But it's hard to see or hard to compare Kurt's voice with her voice. Not just the male female thing. It's just hers is much more melodic. Mm-hmm. And his was, like I said, his was just painful, not Pure to angst. listen to. It yeah. was angst and he was singing pain through his vocal cords yeah. and that kind of emotion. So I couldn't completely agree with that, but I can see where you went with that. I could see you connecting those dots. So that's just another example that a lot of her songs that were just at left field. She had a great way of just experimenting and not trying to do the typical Sarah McLaughlin type <laughs> crap that you know, I just never could listen to, especially after now that it was using the stupid animal commercial (laughs) hi i'm sarah mclaughlin will you be an angel for a helpless animal every day innocent animals are abused and crying out for help please call the number on your screen and join the bc spca with a monthly gift right now for just eighteen dollars a month, only sixty cents a day, you'll help rescue. Well, at least the guitars are fully cranked. I yeah. mean, to me, it had that same the way they recorded the guitars and the bass. Not so much the drums. The drums didn't sound grunge to yeah. me, but everything else had that kind of same sound. The sonics, yeah, of the stuff that was happening in nineteen ninety-two. I agree. The, the What's the Nirvana song? I need an easy friend about a girl. That, about a that girl. that's what it reminded me of. It's mm-hmm. kind of the you know it had a guitar, but it's kind of a little bit of a bouncy song, a little jangly. Yeah, yeah a little parts. jangly. Yeah. That's that's the song that I kind of pictured it being similar to. Yeah, a little Sonic Youth in there too, with some of the weird, yes. bendy things yes. going on. Yeah, that's that's an easier connection to me. Mm. Okay. Well, like I said, not super obscure, but maybe you didn't think of her as grunge and mm-hmm. maybe you should. No, so I, I agree. Go check out that first album. It's pretty damn good. I'm glad I got it by mistake. But I'm still waiting on Thunder Pussy. Bye, Thunder Pussy. Did you hear that, Amazon? Don't make us call you again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next is a band that you mentioned to me just last year. Yes, I totally you, remember that. You remember this? Yeah. You said, I heard this band on the new old 99X. So I guess we should explain that. 99X was a radio station that was all the old alternative stuff it was one of the big ones in yeah. the 90s started about, here in atlanta it started in 93 i think mm-hmm. they changed formats to alt rock just like the one in florida i talked about and that was the new thing and it was very powerful as far the as place to like break new bands broke, uh, several in, new in bands the south yeah and this is a band that well i guess we should mention it went away and then last year it came back and they were playing reruns of their morning show from the 90s they're playing yeah. the same kind of music again are they still on the air oh yeah still going still going strong so they brought back an old proven radio station yeah. and really didn't modify it that much but it's been long enough where they tapped into the nostalgia factor right i don't know if you the noticed, oldest station now but you know grunge and gen x were cool now mm. like the older cool not like mm. cool as in cool back when we were cool oh but you've got the boom Boomers, which are heavily looked down on because they suck. Well, they're dying. And then you've got, yeah, they're dying and they're idiots. They've they've just completely ruined the planet. Don't get me started on that. (laughs) But then you've got the millennials uh, and then the worst Gen Z. uh, What the hell did you just say? 
<laughs> and then there's us in the middle. And I love every time they make comparisons of the generations where the guys are like, whatever, fuck off. They just leave us alone. You know? like, I don't yeah. know what to do with and that. And I one. love that. So I'm happily in the middle of all of that. But yeah, they they do reruns of a morning show. It's just snippets of it from, from 20 90s. years ago. They don't play the entire show. They It's like the best of. Yeah. And they'll but play But it's 30 that. years old. Right. So but I love it, it. That's what it's funny. They're, they're interviewing <laughs> people that have been dead for 15 years. <laughs> Very bizarre. Yeah. So you heard this band that we're about to play on the new old mm. last year. Now, now, let me just make a point. They do play stuff not from the 90s. They go into the 2000s, 2010. Which I think is when they stopped, right? Didn't they go all the way into they, the 2000s? They tried chasing the trend and the new went metal heavier of the new shit. metal stuff. Yeah. And that's what was a nail in their coffin. So they were around for a few years trying to do that. And then they went away. And, they, and they've added 80s in too, I noticed. They yeah, play so they're doing alternative stuff. 80s, all 90s stuff. And then 2010, and I think it's genius because now you got 40 years of inventory to choose from. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, you heard this band. You mentioned them to me, and I was like, hmm, I don't know if I remember that band or not. And so I went out and checked them out. After Mm -hmm. you mentioned this band, Mm -hmm. their name, Billionaire. Yes. And when I found out, I listened to one of their albums and really liked it. And then I did a little research on them. And what I found out is their band formed in Atlanta, Georgia in 1997, and they featured guitarist Rick Beato who some people may know that name. He's a university lecturer, he's a songwriter, he's a studio engineer, a mixer, and a lot of people know him as a producer. He produced lots of albums, mostly known now as a YouTube personality. In fact, his YouTube personality has kind of taken over all the other stuff that he used to do. Mm -hmm. So now he puts out this YouTube called Everything Music, where he breaks down like guitar riffs and the best songs and why they're the best songs. Mm-hmm. And he breaks down the production of them and, and how they were written and what the guitar is doing. And it's a really, really fun watch. And I think he puts it out every week. He's got, uh, you know, about three and a half million viewers on this. Oh, thing. That's it? That's it. Oh, man. He's not it's making very it. similar to our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, he can't be making that much money yeah. then. He's almost to our level. But anyway, Rick Beato was in this band, Billionaire. He operates Black Dogs sound studios in stone mountain still there and he produced like i said he produced bands like shine down he produced a band that we love flicker stick mm-hmm. uh he's taught guitar he does lessons all this stuff he's just a you know jack of all trades when it comes to music and the music industry billionaire only released two albums and I, I think they were a pretty killer band they just came out about eight to nine years too late yeah because the album i have it says on it that it came out in 1999 now when i look it up in discogs it says it didn't come out until 2000 yeah. which means they really Really missed the boat. Yeah, that, it, the ship had sailed. Yeah, so I consider this a grunge band. I don't think that's how they label themselves, but they fit right into me. So we're going to play some Billionaire from the album Ascension. Here's the song, The Jimmy Hill Mission. Of the day, and these are the reasons for today. 
heaven I've never been to that place And these are the reasons for today And these are the seasons of today selection that was because they have some other stuff that was more late 90s rock just more just alt rocks all rocks yeah Yeah. just alt rock just fun fun rock and that was oh my god take away the vocals and heavily heavily influenced allison chain influenced by allison and chains allison i said damn it (laughs) i was trying not to say that and actually said i was like don't i could see it on your face like i'm not gonna say it about allison don't say allison and chains allison and chains son of a bitch (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. That's Allison Chains mixed with Jane's Addiction yes, with the vocals. Yes, yes, yes. Oh so, yes. yeah, man. And the oh, whoo- very all Allison of that. Chains. All of that. Just a warm blanket, man. Oh, I, I, good stuff. In the wintertime, not in the summertime. Yeah. Beato can play a mean guitar. That guy's really, really talented. Yes. I, I and I appreciate the reminder. I forgot that I had mentioned that to you. I need to go back and listen to all that again. I skimmed through it a little bit back at 
a year ago when I mentioned it. Now I need to go back and yep. spend a little and more I, time. And you introduced me yeah. to them. I knew That's nothing about them. I, I rem- tell you about something and I forget about it. That's how it goes, yeah. man. It's great. See, see what you do for this program. I get two times experiencing a brand new band. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. As long as it's been a year between them, I'll enjoy it a second time. <laughs> Okay, well, let's go from a band that sort of missed the whole scene, they were a little late to the game, to a band that sort of was a pioneer. We've already mentioned them once today. This is a band that helped develop what became known as the Seattle Sound. They were formed in 1980 by Andrew Wood and his brother, Kevin Wood. And the band formed around the same time as the other groups that influenced the scene, the U-Men, Melvins, Green River, Soundgarden, and Skinyard. All those bands sort of helped shape the sound that we now call grunge. Mm -hmm. And this band is called Malfunction. And they were a power trio, very different than Mother Love Bone. They sort of took what I call the big Jack pneumatic approach to this band where they were like, let's just have fun with this and Mm -hmm. be outrageous. See where it goes. And so they had alter egos. Andrew Wood was known as Landrew, the love child. And he played bass and sang in this band. Kevin, his brother, was Kevin Stein. He played guitar. And then the drummer was just called Thundar. So Mm -hmm. they wore makeup. They wore flashy 70s glam style clothing, which... I don't know where they got that from. Yeah, I don't know. But at that time, it was not cool. Oh, come on. I gave you the opening. That was an opening. I Well, I'm I'm going there. They no, said I'm, it was- I'm trying to derail you. Okay. Well, they said it was a nod to um <laughs> that band. Uh, yeah. Um, yes. I was trying to preempt your kiss moment. I could see it coming. <laughs> There's your kiss connection with a K, you bastard. <laughs> Yeah, so they were huge KISS fans, and so they mixed their love of punk with KISS, and they came up with Malfunction. What year was this? This was, it started in 1980, Uh, and they went roughly until the end of the 80s until he formed Mother Love Bone. mm. And it was pure chaos is kind of how they explained their shows. So he at one point, Andrew used to go into the crowd. He had a wireless bass. So here's another big Jack pneumatic mm-hmm. moment. Oh, yeah. He would go into the crowd because he had a wireless bass. Mm-hmm. And at one point, he would sit down with his bass on, and he had a bowl and cereal set up on a little table next to the stage. And he would sit there and play bass and eat cereal and then spit the cereal at the audience as he played and sang. And that was part of their show. I'm so sad I didn't think of that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'd just go run around and kick people's chairs and annoy people and then run back up on stage where they couldn't get me. So Robert basically did the same thing without the cereal. Yeah. But if I if I had known I could go have snacks in the middle of the show, I totally would have done that. But we had beer. We, had we beer. gave out free beer. We did. We gave out the cheapest beer we could possibly we're, buy. We were givers. And sometimes we would get in trouble because the bar would be like, hey, you can't bring beer in here and give it away for free. We sell that shit. And so sometimes we would have to buy the beer from and then the establishment. There were sometimes at the end of the show, the bar owner's like, cool, guys. All right. You made uh, 150 bucks and yeah. your bar tab's 100 and $52. Yep, you owe me some money, buddy, because you were giving out beers. Go start the van. Start the van, Kevin. <laughs> but this band eventually dissolved because Malfunction kind of took a backseat once he started jamming with the other guys in Green River, Stone Gossard, Jeff Ament, and they became Mother Love Bone in 1988. So Malfunction was never really over. Mm. They just sort of faded. Faded. Even after 
Andrew Wood's death, Malfunction still existed, and I think they are still putting shows on from time to time. I think Kevin Wood, Andrew's mm-hmm. brother, still does this from time to time. So the band r- never really dissolved. They just yeah. sort of took a hiatus for a while. And the only thing we have are some demos from 1986, 1987. Stone Gossard kind of put those together and, and tidied them up, put those out in 1995. We're going to play one of those demos. This is a song called My Liberty with Morals from the compilation that Stone put together. It's called Return to Olympus. And this is said to come out around or to have been recorded around 1987. <laughs>
Uh, ooh. Pure chaos. Yeah. So take away the lead guitar, and I'm using really big air quotes, lead <laughs> guitar. Take that away, and it's amazing to hear the fully formed Seattle grunge sound in 1987. So that alone, once again, picturing me hearing that and who I was and where I was in 1987 without the lead, I still would have been like, eh, what the hell is this? Because I was not ready for that. <laughs> but you add in the lead and all I can picture is this band on stage and you look to the right and there's this bar stool and on it sitting this psychotic monkey on acid with a Stratocaster. <laughs> just turn up to 11. Just going nuts on it. The, the two don't go together, but yet they do somehow like it's just like a band and then the monkey but you they do work now fast forward all these years me and my brain as warped as it is i'm like yeah that works <laughs> yeah i understand i think kevin wood took guitar lessons from carrie king from slayer <laughs> And Carrie said, dude, it doesn't matter what key the band's playing in. You just rip it, man. It's just more rip notes. It. it doesn't matter. The more notes, the better. <laughs> the key of yes. Is the key, the key of, of chaos. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I love it now. Back then, God almighty, I would have hated that. I never would have made it through the whole song. There's going to be people listening to this that absolutely hate what I just played. Yeah, of course. It, it but, doesn't make traditional sense no. uh, as but far as you, composition you have it's, to ignore that lead and you hear this really heavy sound garden sound yeah. and even the vocals it's all there except you can't it's hard to get past that lead but i, I, lo- I love a little chaos, it's so weird that i love it yeah I love you, it you and i both i mean yeah. i've grown to accept the weirdness now embrace the weirdness yeah, people it, embrace it. it life is a lot more fun when you do i promise exactly. i promise in writing you know why? You can't predict it. Nope. You couldn't predict that song. Even if you tried to cover that, you yeah. would never be How able to play it. How would you cover that? Like, where's the tablature <laughs> for that lead, please? I would pay 20 bucks. 20 bucks that. is my going rate right now for somebody to write that out in tablature for yeah. me. Go to some band that does nothing but covers and say, hey, yeah. can you guys play this next week? So I'm, I'm, paying, um, I'm paying you two grand to play my uh, birthday party next week, uh, but you got to learn this song. Yeah. I, I love the verbatim. guitar. I love the guitar in it. Can you just learn it note for note? This is my brother. He's no longer with us. Uh, <laughs> as a tribute to him, could you play this song? Oh, man. I love it. I love that yeah. it's completely unpredictable. What a great song that is. And horrible all at the same yeah, time. Yes. <laughs> it's greatly horrible. <laughs> we just, once again, if you haven't figured it out, that's my favorite thing in the world. Okay. Next, we're going to play a band that we did play once before, but again, not in a grunge episode. We played them on episode 138 last year. It was Arcane Sounds from the big screen. And the reason we played this band is this was the only truly obscure band on the soundtrack for the film The Crow. Oh, I thought you were going to say Up the Creek. No. (laughs) No, that was last I still have to listen to that. Yeah, I still have to go watch that one. We'll get to it. The Crow. Yeah. Up the Creek. That was the one that was introduced to us from um, that guy who was on the program. Sabotage. No, it was a guy. He came on. He he phoned in. Don (laughs) There's your Steve connection. (laughs) We got a new segment. (laughs) I love this. Thanks, Steve. Our keep, segments are all just me doing the same thing. That's okay, but keep if, if it gets Steve, just keep mailing us stuff. That that's all that matters. <laughs> you just want free swag. Just free swag. Free, mail us more stuff. Oh yeah. So yeah. So the Crow, which was a huge '90s soundtrack, yes. early '90s. Everybody Still haven't seen had the movie, one. but I've heard the soundtrack a million times. <laughs> there were a couple of those. 
where you like Judgment Night. Like nobody yeah. remembers the no, movie I don't Judgment care Night. That soundtrack kicks soundtrack, ass. Yeah. Anyway, so we played this band. They're called For Love Not Lisa. And they were a grunge band, but like the band Paul that we played, they weren't from Seattle. They were from the Heartland. Yeah. And it's hard to be a it was hard to be a grunge band from the Heartland in those days. They're more clean cut. They're from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. And as grunge as grunge could get as far as the output of their music, but they just weren't in the Pacific Northwest yeah. where it was going to be listened to in the same way. They put out two albums on Atlantic East West in 93 and 95. So they were right there in the, the, sweet in the mix spot. of it. Yeah. They toured with Rage Against the Machine, but unfortunately they split up in 1996. They then formed a Christian rock band called Puller. Oh, so they went for the money. Exactly. They got wise. <laughs> like, hey, this isn't working out for yeah. us. What works here in the heartland? Mm-hmm. Christian rock. Absolutely. And so they were somewhat successful. They got signed to Tooth & Nail Records. They weren't on Atlantic, but they were on Tooth & Nail Records. And they used that contract to actually put out another release for... For Love, Not Lisa. In 1999, they put out a compilation of demos from the early 90s. And that's the only album that I own. I have the Crow soundtrack where Mm -hmm. I heard them. And then I bought this compilation. You really can't find their first two albums very easily. So I'm going to play from this compilation. Because you don't go to church. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I don't know about Puller. I didn't check out Puller, (laughs) which is a weird name for a Christian rock band. Puller. Polar or puller? Pole. Like P-U-L-L? Polar. I, I don't get it. But anyway, there must be some uh, there's somewhere. some part of the Bible I haven't read, yeah. <laughs> which is probably a lot, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Kevin, Eugene, where, uh, are you telling me you don't have one by your bedside yeah, table and read it every night before you go to bed? I do, but I don't. It, you don't remember it. Yeah. And it's, you know, when you read something at night, yeah. it just doesn't, you, I last about three words and fall asleep. You, <laughs> you put on the headphones, yeah. crank up some Sepultura. Exactly. It doesn't <laughs> read the same way. <laughs> that is actually what I do. <laughs> I know you do it. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to play from this compilation came out in 1999. The song itself was from earlier in the 90s. So it's very much of the time. And I'm going to play the song, Nothing But The Heavy. <laughs>
ended abruptly. You gotta stand up. You gotta be ready, man. Stand up. I was deep in thought. I could tell you were rocking out over there. Uh, that was more comparable to Nirvana than the PJ Harvey. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that had some similarities with the vocals. Some yes. Yes, and other things. But the guitar, I don't remember Kurt playing in drop D tuning if he did. That was more of a Alice in Chains and some yeah, other thing. Yeah, so take away that. But the, the, the had Definitely all, a grunge thing. Definitely, though. 100%. Any way you look at it, grunge. No doubt about it. That, that Oklahoma City grunge. Just maybe in the wrong geographic location if they had been on a... <laughs> maybe they'd been on a coast somewhere. Either coast. Yeah, they might have gotten a little more recognition, but it, they were in the right time period. They had the right sound. I agree. And there were so many others that got signed and... Not a lot of record scouts in Oklahoma City. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, they got signed. They put, I out, mean, they put out some records, but it just... The big it, guys. Yeah, it didn't, didn't work out for yeah. them. So, all right, I got one more for you. We're going to go back to Seattle to close us out. Proper grunge band because it's a Seattle project band. It was a one-time band that was a project from Love Battery's rhythm section. We oh, played battery. Love Battery back on episode 143. And don't forget to change your Love Batteries once a year mm-hmm. or when the time changes. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. Depending on PSA. how much you use them. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, so the rhythm section from Love Battery, Mr. Jason Finn and Jim Tillman put this band together with an artist, a true artist who did album covers and posters and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's a guy named Ed Fotheringham. Fa- Fa- fathered so, him? Fotheringham. That would be my son. Fothering, Fotheringham. That's my son. I fathered him. Fotheringham. Very bizarre name. But yes, this guy did album covers for Mud Honey, The Muffs, all these bands from the scene. And I guess he's like, oh, I want to be in a band. I don't want to just draw posters. I want to be in a band. So they put him in this band and it was a one-time deal. It's called Icky Joey. <laughs> I think all of us went to school with Icky Joey. And Icky Joey... in the corner. Icky Joey is an interesting listen. Let me just tell you, it's an interesting listen. Their one album that came out in 1993, they were going to cash in on the old grunge thing. The album is called Poo <laughs> by Icky Joey. Oh my God, I'm 13 years old, <laughs> perpetually. Yeah. <laughs> So they had a little fun with this. You know, the guys in Love Battery, they're like, well, we've got to do something so seriously grunge in 1993 to break through with yeah. the, the big four. There's going to be the big five. Icky Joey will be the with fifth. Icky Joey with Pooh. With Pooh. That's why it's Icky. Pearl Jam had 10. You know, it was all about the one words. Yeah. You know, just the one words. That was the um, style back then. Yep. So Icky Joey had Pooh. And here's a song that we're going to play called Bone of Contention.
on the album name, I was expecting a lot sillier and wackier song than that. That was just weird in a great way, like gourmet weird. Most commercial song on the whole album. Oh, okay. That one. So I need to dive deep into poo. <laughs> just head first into poo, right? Icky Joey, yeah. Just dive right into their poo album. Yeah. And that's more of the spirit of Nirvana. Nirvana's recordings, for the most part, uh, their studio recordings, for the most part, they had some professionalism to them, but they were still in Nirvana. But some of them. Some of them. But then their yeah. live performances, depending was on their that. mood, yeah. was that right there. Yeah. They would just do whatever the... They uh, detuned his guitar on purpose because he was mad or you yeah. know just whatever they felt just, like doing that night. Just wasn't hearing standard tuning that night. Yeah, it just didn't care. And it reminds me and everyone else, it should remind you that grunge came from punk. Yes. And that's just a little slower. That is exactly. It's just just a slowed down punk rock song. Black Sabbath mixed with punk rock. Mm -hmm. Hardcore punk from the early 80s and that's what grunge is. And there's a side project from 1993 that gets you right back to the roots of exactly what grunge was. And I really like that. That is the Seattle sound right there. I've heard the good stuff so many times now that it's lost some of its edge. I hate to say it. I still love it, but Soundgarden. It's become the mainstream. In Chains. Oh, that was a nice pause. <laughs> I was thinking about it. <laughs> I thought I said something that upset you. No, I was just making sure I said it right this time. Uh, all that. I love it. Love it. Love it. But I've heard it, heard it, heard it. So I, I need more of that weirdness to get back to what grunge was back then. Well, I have some more that I can throw your way, but we'll save that for another time. Awesome. This is deep. You can get really grungy and deep with this stuff. I bet you had no idea that we would have five volumes of grunge and episodes. I, but I appreciate it. You know that. Absolutely. This is my wheelhouse. I love uh, this stuff. Just takes us back to that time, right? When mm-hmm. it was all it was discovery. Yeah, you start playing late 70s stuff. I don't have a lot of memories to associate it. with that. I yeah, love the love music, it. but, it's, but I was playing with Legos. That's about right. most of the memories or riding in a station wagon. And Play then, 80s stuff. Yeah, I was playing Legos. Yeah. 90s stuff, I'm still playing with Legos, but I'm discovering music. Weren't you in a uh, <laughs> College, then weren't you in college? You're playing 2000s. I'm playing with Legos. (laughs) Nerd. Actually, I mean, I still actually I'm horrible at Legos. They're, they're, I, mean, I suck at I play with Legos. They're just very Legos. big, and they're more expensive Legos. I mm, build yes. things with adult Legos, grown-up Legos. Were you the kid that, I'm sure you were like me, you never like built what was on the box, right? Uh, Once. and I did once, too, yeah, and then was, I took it apart. Yeah, the first time, was like, okay, I, it's like a challenge, and then you're allowed to then go off the rails and do whatever you want. And my mother, for the most part, was very smart. She was a trained early childhood education specialist kindergarten teacher so she had to deal with my ass and so when we would go on family road trips she would buy me a lego set the small ones like the little cracker jack box style ones yep that would keep me occupied for the seven hour road trip up and seven <laughs> hours back one tiny box of legos and right. I, that's i wouldn't bring all of them that's all i had and she knew not to give it to me until the car doors closed and we hit the interstate that box would come out and it, i would be in the back of the station wagon no seat belts oh yeah no we didn't do all that yeah it was awesome 70s kids we didn't need yeah, all that there shit. was no game that was the version of a game boy it kept me yeah. quiet and occupied which is not easy to do you hit a bump you ended up in the front Exactly. That's just the way it was. Some of those panic stops when somebody pulled out in yeah. front of you. I'm like, oh, hi, I'm in the front seat now. <laughs> exactly. Let me go crawl back to my place back there. That's the reason they had those Garfield and, 
and those things that they stuck to the windows later, exactly. you know, in the nineties. God, laying down, looking up at the story, because we had one of those station wagons that was very curvy, so you could lay back and see straight up. So late at night, driving home, I'd stare at the stars. Now, in your station wagon, did you turn around and look out the back? That's what we did. No, it didn't have a back-facing seat. Oh, it just had a flat platform, oh, okay. which smelled like mullet, the fish, because mm. that was also the car that we would use to transport our net when we would go fishing. <laughs> Nice. So it was the same car. Mm. And so, you know, you would fold the seats up for transport, but then I'm in the back with the luggage because my sister was in the back seat and she's older and could beat the hell out of me. Yep. So it was like, same thing. you can't cross that line. And so I was banished to the very back of the car. So nobody could see me or hear me even back there. And that was great. Everybody, it was happy. Mm. It was a happy family when they couldn't see or hear me. You know what that was? What's that? Grungy. It was very good. <laughs> my sister and I used to play, she would go, let's play bunk beds. And then she'd push me. You get the bottom bunk. Oh. And then she'd push <laughs> Be on the, on on the, the floor, floorboard, which had the big hump. In the yeah, middle. and it was no, there was no way to get comfortable. There's no way to get comfortable with the big hump. And in the it middle. got hot. Oh yeah, because that hot. muffler was right underneath you. Like, can I come up now? No, we're no, playing bunk we're, beds. We're still. In, you're, you're winning. You're doing yeah, a great job. I'm laying down on the on the yeah. top bunk. Stra- yeah. See, yeah. we both had older sisters that yeah. were smarter. Yes, they were smarter, they were smarter and meaner and evil and evil. Yes, yeah, it, it gave go. me street smarts though. <laughs> I'm, I'm skittish about in everything now, just because I don't trust anybody. Thanks to my older sister. I never play bunk beds anymore you don't Mm-mm. nope won't do it uh, next year more we rocking pod <laughs> <laughs> craig's craig's riding with us oh we're gonna play bunk you, beds you think he's gonna fly into atlanta and then carpool with us or is he gonna fly straight to nashville we're talking about it on the podcast now so it's almost like we're forcing this to happen yeah because it's that time mm. for us to start pimping this out we for start pimping next march nine months straight, or whenever it is whatever it is where's <laughs> <laughs> the promo when we need it Oh yeah, where's Camaro? Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna ride in style in your explosion. What is your explosion? Your Ford ex- explosion. Ford explosion. <laughs> I hope it's not an explosion. <laughs> it's, it's like twenty five feet long. Yeah, it's a gunboat. It's it's a modern day station wagon. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's a but giant it's cool. Station wagon. It is cool and huge. It rode really nice. All right. Well, I got to go get it right now and go home. So we'll until next time, people. See you later. during the intro was that me that was me i thought it wasn't um whoever you take the blame though yeah brad yeah blame me i I started well the bad thing is i started typing remember i said no that was kevin and i stopped before i hit enter and i went (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea so i just stopped let him a lot i got blamed for that yeah i'll let you take the blame too